Hello there, dear readers. Editor Hess here with just a little heads up this week. Ironically, we sound a bit trashy on my audio because I got a fancy new mic, but when we recorded this one, I was still a bit new on dialing it in with the audio interface and blah 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 technical stuff. So I sound super compressed when I go up to high volume and you know, pick up a, a bunch of annoying clicks from my computer. So I promise it will be resolved after, after this episode. But additionally, a few things about this episode are a bit out of format for us, as you will hear us explain in the show, because we decided to call an audible and switch up our episode order so that this episode is going to cover the topic in a more factual sense. But uh, part two coming next week will be both uh, a better uh, audio quality as well as the juicy mind-bending analysis that you perverts have come to crave from the show. I assume? Maybe I'm projecting the juicy perverts thing onto you guys. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for sticking with us, and here's the show. Welcome to, no, I didn't like that. <laughs> Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me, when he's not sitting very still for a series of five optical dissolves giving him more and more hair developing all over his handsome face so that he can appear as a werewolf, ah. he's Gavin. <laughs> It's not, that's not. Lon Chaney Jr. Actually, I was thinking of. Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, yeah okay. I was thinking of that famous Wolfman yeah, shot where okay. he has to sit like annoyingly still. Yeah. For the, the oh, oh, the transformation, though, the epic transformation scene of the static shot where his head was probably literally like strapped in place. So that's couldn't really move. fucking weird because the thing I was going to say in this Fletch with me impersonating Claude Rains is Hess. Because wow, Chevy weird. Chase did the Invisible Man like '90s remake. <laughs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> so so. That's so weird. Odd. Yeah, and fun. Saren, serendipity doodah, if you will. <laughs> this Fletch impersonating Claude Rains with me tonight is Hess. Yeah, yeah. You see that there's a new Fletch movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> with uh, one of the only people I could I could approve of, um, John Hamm as Fletch, which is like yeah, uh, that's gr that's that's good. I would like that to be good because people like John Hamm. Yeah, we are here too, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers. Quick reminder, check that ding-dang Instagram. Um, before we get into the show, 
we're treating today as a Gavin episode, and I say I say that in an odd way for reasons that will become clear in a moment. So I am going to provide a uh, a word for the hilarious segment that we like to call Villainous Vocabulary. You know, you say that, like, you do that every single time, and I cut it out every single time. Yes, Like, it's been in, like, one or two episodes, <laughs> but there's some, somewhere in the deep recesses of my um, Mac computer are, like, a whole bunch of tiny edit, edits of you saying, Villainous like, vocabulary. vocabulary. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, a, there's a ton of let it. Let you know where it goes. Today's word is jaculiferous. <laughs> jaculiferous. That's not a word. That's a word that Fuzz made up to... Call somebody, call somebody a homophobic slur. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it is. It's a word, and it's jaculiferous. It is spelled J A C U L I F E R O U S. Gavin, do you have any clue what jaculiferous might mean? No, but I okay. Let me let me give a real thought to it. Is it like a sudden... It does start with Jackie. Yeah, is it a sudden movement or like a, a, a uncoordinated articulation in some sort? No, but I could see I could see the yeah. tree you're barking up there. Yeah. Um, what it means is prickly or bearing small spines. Ah. Kind of like a, like a, a, a pine tree has spines yeah. all over it. Or uh, a prickly little animal like a hedgehog. Yeah. Or a porcupine is jaculiferous. The ship's cooking um, hedgehog. Prickly. Yes, like the ship's cooking hedgehog. Uh, so jaculiferous, I think basically meaning jacu is in um, sticking a little thing at you. Yeah. <laughs> and liferous meaning like um, having a lot of. Having, having a lot <laughs> of it, yeah. Having a lot of, having a lot of little pokies. <laughs> um, ja- j- jacula. Uh, apparently in Latin actually means dart. Yeah. Um, as in... I knew that, yeah. Um, Matt DiClemente's hand would have a tiny scar in it forever because of that time I threw a dart through it. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting away from uh, middle school Dungeons & Dragons sessions and also out of villainous vocabulary, we're going to do things a little bit oddly today. We're going to switch it up. Because we're, we're literally switching it up. Because we recorded an episode on a topic... And we really ranted and raved. It was so about beefy it. with personal rantings. Yeah. And you are still going to get to hear it, but you're going to get to hear it as the second half of this topic because what we realized is we kind of yeah. like recorded all of the hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> and all of the interesting um, helicopter uh, looking down at the anthill. Uh, meta analysis that you you come to us for yeah. whoever you are out yeah. there uh, in that episode and hit very little very few of the facts <laughs> related to the topic. Yeah, I know. Um, it's, this so, is still going to be hard for me because there's just so much personal beefiness to this, and it's so well, so much entertaining shit to say about our personal lives. In our personal encounters with this property. Well, take all take all of that joy and all those anecdotes and wrap a piano wire and strangle them slowly <laughs> to death in a in a dark uh, Montreal alleyway. Because um, today we are here to speak soberly and factually about yes. vampire 
The Masquerade. Vampire The Masquerade. If for some reason this is an episode, if this is your first episode of listening to the show, usually it is an utter and complete surprise. Surprise? It is an utter, utter and complete surprise. In this case, it would be to me what the episode is about. So you guys will get to experience that surprise in episode two, which was actually recorded first. I realize that this is a little bit... um, um, Dr. Mindbendering, but you're just gonna, it's all right. I think it'll people work can it. it'll work out. So we're, we're hitting the rewind button or the fast forward button. I don't know. I, it's a VCR and we're going to, we're going to talk about the vampires of the extremely popular, uh, 1990s to now tabletop role-playing game, Vampire the Masquerade. Masquerade! So Vampire Vampire was created by a company called White Wolf, right? By Mark Rainhagen and, and his company White Wolf. The concept of this company is that it is an entire world of darkness encompassing all kinds of monsters, including ghosts, werewolves, um, vampires, of course, fairies, um, magic people. And um, yeah, in the form of mages one. that are basically like like wizard folks. Yeah. And um, in this world of darkness that they created, the most prominent, um, or uh, I should say more, the most popular game is the vampire section of it, which explores Anne Ricean types of um, uh, night stalkers who drink blood to sustain their immortal lives and... um, bask in their own uh, self-pity constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Cool. Yeah. End of uh, episode one. We can End just of episode jump right one. Up, jump right up. I have never heard of anybody playing it until the, the Tim Bradstreet era of, say, 93, 94, yeah. 95. You know, until, like, bu- there, there was nobody playing Vampire that I ever heard of until, you know, like, Bush was it, really popular on radio. We were, um... Uh, and I'm not going to get personal beefy with it. I'm just explaining how this works with teenageness. We were um, 12, 13, and 14 in um, 92, 3, and 4. And those were all Shatterrun years because we wanted um, action-y, cyberpunkish, fun stuff. And we didn't want to get angsty and crappy until like 15 and 16. So that was like 95 whenever we paid attention to it and said, well, let's try vampire since it seems to be what we're supposed to do. (laughs) Even looking back, I don't really recall, you know, I don't really recall older kids retconning and saying that they were playing it in like 91 or 92. I I, I remember Kurt, the the comic book store guy talking about it. And I remember not liking it because of the way he talked about it. He talked about it like a super, super dork. And, like, 
Yeah, it's, it well, was Kurt the comic like, book store. Yeah, Kurt the, Kurt the comic book store guy could make any awesome thing sound terrible <laughs> yeah. just by whipping his ponytail back and forth a couple of times. It, it was. It seemed really unappealing when he talked about it. That's what I remember. And like, I don't remember like thinking I'll never play that or anything. But I just remember it being around. I was. Um, I was surprised to research into White Wolf Gaming and realize that they were a Swedish company. <laughs> Which maybe informs the, um, how would I describe it? The flaming lack of irony that is atypical of the greater Germanic and Nordic peoples of, you know, kind of like a, a goth and metal aesthetic that is unflinching and totally without any kind of like tongue-in-cheek yeah. absurdity yeah. of just like, this is, you you know what rules? This. Yeah. You know why? Because it's awesome. Yeah. Why is it awesome? Because it's badass. Well, they, why else? Blood and swords. It's, it's more of like an aesthetic choice for them than it is like a lifestyle or a subculture. Uh, yeah. Remind me to cue the suicide from Return of the Living Dead quote there. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's the mirror that I want to hold up in front of this thing. If you're a person that doesn't give a flying fuck about role playing games, how how would you describe to that person what the werewolf, what the what the what the vampires in Vampire have or don't have that makes them different? Or uh, from just, you know, your Lost Boys vampires or your Bela Lugosi vampire or your Nosferatu vampire or your vampires in, you know, another popular property about your local Chicago wizard or something. They have a a whole system of uh, rules to explain why their powers do what their powers do rather than just like seeing a story about it. And being entertained by it. What the role-playing game does is give you a chance to um, figure out, like, uh, a way to use what you've seen in movies or read in books to make what your vampire would do to, like, make things interesting. Which is kind of hard to do, because a lot of the vampire... uh, Like, the book just wants you to sit around and kind of suck. Like... (laughs) So to speak, yeah. So to speak, yeah. <laughs> so the the vampires of Vampire the Masquerade, I guess maybe one of the main things that they have going on is, is there, it seems to be that there's a shit shit shitload of them. There's yeah. this fucking there's fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, they're kind of a little bit more numerous than seems to be practical, even in the cities where they tend to, um, put these games, you know, uh, New York, Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Stockholm, Montreal, Miami for some reason. It was never defined or like, um, like accurately summarized how many vampires there are or how many vampires there are supposed to be, because they'll talk about like. Um, the inner workings of this city, and here is its 15 inner circle members. And I was thinking, like, well, I th- would think maybe there would only be 15 vampires in a city. But yeah. No, well, if like, you get into the math, if you get into the yeah, math, yeah. It, 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 it's, it, and dive into it, it starts to get really confusing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, speaking of confusing math, 
the the vampires of vampire are divided into 13 of what are called clans yeah. that are essentially branches of a tree from a very complex family that actually does trace its trace itself back to like these three original vampires yeah. and depending on like from like thousands of years ago you know like seriously like um you know wearing tunics and shit vampires and yeah. these 13 clans they all have different appearances trends personalities magical abilities that they're able to do thanks to their um, various blood disciplines, meaning what the blood that they consume from their victims allows them to to conjure or manifest or um, um, pull together in the world. Um, So, you know, I, I, I think we want to do let's just let's bang through the clans and I want I want us to yeah. try to to like do two things. One, really efficiently describe their flavor. Yeah. And then also rank them on a scale of one to ten of how um, offensive to the people of 2022 the, <laughs> that clan's original depiction was. Uh, we don't yeah. necessarily We're have to get into the it. 90s versions. Like, they changed yeah, all so of it. You do know they changed it almost completely. I, I do, yeah. <laughs> I have a version of it. I have a, I have a, um, uh, a, a version that's up in alphabetical order. Okay. So it's going to start with what is now Clan Banu Hakim, formerly the Asamites. Oh, yeah. Who are yeah. Um, kind of a... A uh, Middle Eastern origin clan of assassins, mercenary killers, and, and terrorists. Gener- generally, <laughs> generally dangerous individuals. Um, that I would say rank easily a six or a seven out of ten on the like kind yeah. of in retrospect offensive. Yeah, well, it it wasn't like the the. G- it wasn't the general observance of the Asamite that was offensive. It was like you had to read into it and realize that every Middle Eastern vampire in the world of darkness was an Asamite and like a dark, gritty assassin that ran like a, a Mujahideen clan that was. <laughs> yeah, it's re- there's it's really at best a ugly and mediocre use of Orientalism to define a whole whole branch of characters, primarily because of their national origin or ethnicity. Yeah, so, I, I will say, like, I don't, I don't often go for being easily offended by shit, but, like, this one was no. bad. This one was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Asamite, which are now the Banu Hakim, um, very deadly, but probably not the... Not yeah, it's the, like not making the, it's, them badass and good at killing doesn't, like, make it okay it to say it that, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't compensate for the... We just had a bag that was the Middle East and it was all the same yeah. kind of terrorist-like people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, if we go to B, we've got the Bruja. Yep. Which um, everybody knows or should know, which is just the masculine Spanish form of witch or wizard. Yeah. Um, a, a bruja means a, a wizard or a warlock. And the bruja are kind of um, 
they're, they're another stereotype, but they're not a stereotype that has any kind of like ethnic or negative connotation. Yeah. It's kind of, they're kind of your like local punk rock, yeah. crunchy, crusty, bad kid, can't be restrained. Um, um, don't, don't follow the rules of either human or vampire yeah, society. Their clan, um, their clan, Sid Vicious jerks was created to keep those in power in check. Like it was, a, it was an old American ideal whenever vampire society started, like applied to it that like, there'll be a clan specifically to make everybody in charge, like make sure their shits together or else the Bruja will take over. Yeah, the Bruja are really the Sex Pistols in the yeah. 1970s, where a bunch of the other clans represent, you know, like the Crown. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's really your it's really your punk rock clan who, who are yeah. um, really good at punching and not getting killed. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm moving right along to the G's with the Gangrel. This is yeah. another one that doesn't really have any negative connotations. The Gangrel are kind of have like. One step in the werewolf department where they are semi-bestial. Some of them have abilities to transform into kind of uh, quasi-werewolf altered versions of themselves. They tend to be survivalists, hunters, loners. They're supposed to be like the, the French and German countryside vampires that just kind of like stalk the black forest in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, you're always running into. And stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would rate both the Bruja and the Gengirl kind of like a zero or a one on yeah. the like off- offensive in the 21st century. Um, there's really <laughs> there's really no tie into anything where you're like, my people are offended. Uh, it just yeah. doesn't really doesn't really go there. Um, so now in the 2020s, we have Clan Clan Hecata. Yeah. Which re- <laughs> subsumes and replaces both Cappadocian and Giovanni. Yeah. So maybe I, I, for reasons being the, G- the Giovanni was really doing with with um, Italian and Sicilian Americans what the yeah. Asamite was doing for the Middle yeah. Easterners, which yeah. is like, hey, you know, you need like a you need like a Linguini mob boss kind of vampire, you want a mob right? Boss. Yeah, like a gangly undertaker well, that goes, a please, if you like, <laughs> suck on this guy. Um, so, you know, if you if you ever want if you ever wanted. You know the penguin or the Sopranos, but but as a vampiric, um, yeah. blood sucking maniac, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that's uh, leave but, leave the coffin, take the cannoli kind of thing. Then yeah. that the Giovanni would have been who you who you went for. That's perfect. The Giovanni were pretty much described like the Sopranos, but vampires. So like, because it's still because it's always still fine to uh, to to rag on the Italians, we're only going to give that a three <laughs> on the um, on the uh, offensiveness scale. That just shows how often we make fun of Italians. <laughs> well, this is, here's here's a, here's our first one that I'm going to say when we go to L. L is a L is going to be one that is a little a more complex mix. Gavin, how would you describe? The top-down view of Clan La Sombra. La Sombra is I, I. What I gathered from it was that it was supposed to be this um, Antonio Banderas clan that is like a hundred percent Antonio Banderas from the Anne Rice movie, um, and and like nothing else. Like all of these handsome. 
uh, Spanish and Caribbean um, ex-pirates who lived through the American Revolution and brought, like, the evil shadow kingdom of their sexiness to America. <laughs> and, like... Make make the darkest and most evilest of packs that really only end yeah. up in laying around being sexy. <laughs> am I remember correctly? Am I remembering correctly? Was was La Sombra added after the origin of the game, or was it always? Were they always in the game? They were always in the game. Uh, okay, they because well, the, the thing Zemesh is, were the two bad guys. Right. Yeah. I think I think that's the I think the fact that the La Sombra were set up as some of the ones that were essentially more villainous was the only yeah. reason that they made any fucking sense. Yeah. Because so many of these clans are just kind of right up against another clan that's basically the same shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you take if you take a La Sombra and the, if you make a triangle between the Tremere, the La Sombra and the Zemesh, there's a, there's a real there's there's like only yeah. you really got to be. Um, you know, like gaping your mind open yeah. as a dork to be like, these are totally separate things that are yeah, the only incredibly distinct. And I don't know how you could get them. I don't know how you could mistake them for each other because it's not even close to being similar. Yeah, it's like one's on a sailing ship and one's on a castle. Yeah. So they're <laughs> they're kind of like these dark nobles from a version of of old Europe. Yeah. Um that are there's a lot of vest wearing and canes in their imagery. Yeah. Is the best way and which is which which seems like uh which seems superficial but compared to like some of the other vampires we're going to compare them to, it's like it's you know you if without the vests you wouldn't be able to tell them from a Tremere. Um but moving <laughs> yeah. on from the Lassant and I guess maybe on the offensiveness scale that maybe they're like a, a two. I, I mean, maybe yeah. if you're like, if you if you personally are a Spanish noble, it you was, might take I, a little you know, bit of offense at the depiction of La Sombra. Yeah, I exactly. I would say they offend Antonio Banderas personally more than any like uh, Spanish or Mediterranean person. <laughs> I mean, that's assuming that Antonio Banderas actually is not a vampire. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> where is the lie? No, somebody like proved to me. The somebody proved inspiration for the Boots and Boots series. <laughs> proved to me that he's not a vampire, and you know, I will, I will retract this whole episode. <laughs> All right, now we're getting into some juice. Um, the Clan Malkavian, which is. Um, I will say that the, unfortunately, the man, the the clan Malkavian has not aged very well either, but in a different way. Yeah, it's it's not it's not offensive so much as exploitive. It's pretty fucking ableist, and the clan Malkavian is essentially cl clan crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if I take the if I take the official line here, it says a clan fractured by madness, each member irrevocably 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 <laughs> suffering under the yoke of insanity. I'm like, okay, yeah. you just said the same thing two different ways. Um, so it's a real edgelord clan yeah. for your, 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 uh, your best friend who has undiagnosed autism at the age 13, who is like, we're all, we're, we're all floating down here. Yeah, you know what I mean? The, uh, the thing that I got from it was that it was supposed to like be based off of Renfield and completely based off of Renfield. And, um, but yeah, what, I can see that what they did with it was like they went ahead and just went full force and said, 
hey, all of you edgelord teenagers who think it's really cool to have, like, a mental illness, check out this vampire shit, and look how nutty these guys are, and, like, look how fun and everlasting mental illness can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be super cool if you could find a lot of examples to weaponize your mental illness into giving <laughs> yeah. doing violence to others. Yeah. So here's a whole book about it. <laughs> so um I I'm actually going to put Clan Malkavian at a, at a straight 5 for um <laughs> turning uh turning a whole Turning the whole area of mental illness into a, a weird fetishized cult. Um, let's go to cl- what now is Clan Ministry, <laughs> which is. <laughs> do, 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 do. Which was formerly the followers of Set. Yeah. Which is kind of. Um, it was, it was kind of like a mix. I think there, I think there was a lot of Asian and and well, Middle Eastern undertones to set, but it was not one specific ethnicity. No, it, it, but it was a a, um, a snake worshiping cult, right? Yeah, it was an Egyptian turned, connected to the Egyptian goddess. Yeah, it was an Egyptian turned Caribbean like voodoo cult. Uh huh. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like your like your uncle Stevo. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure if I actually flipped through a followers of set book right now, there would be all sorts of shit where I'd be like, well, that don't play. But yeah. um, I, I'm going to, you know, I was, I never found them to be tempting. It seemed like that they were just built to go with the other baddies. Yeah. They were to built be like, to be bad guys. Look and- at these snake, sexy snake bad guys with their tattoos and black thongs on their pale white vampire butts. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that will sell me a t-shirt. What they Tim effectively Bradstreet. did was like create just another generic bad guy vampire, but with a gimmick that was unappealing and uninteresting. Like I never did anything with the followers of set ever because there was no real, there was nothing and fun to do with it. They, for some reason, they feel the need to have these vast Encyclopedia Britannica sets of groups of their standard vampires or werewolves or mages or whatever it is. It's like, we gotta have more than ten of these fuckers for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why the game has to be that complicated. But the, <laughs> in doing so, yeah, you, really, you really start to, like, you really have these minor differences that require you both to play in the stereotype and and also to 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 do this dance between things that are incredibly reductive and things that actually allow you to create interesting characters so i i don't it, it the, the you know the, the followers of set they seem like Maybe if there if this was a game with five clans, yeah, maybe that would be an awesome fucking clan. You know what I mean? Because they would be a little bit more villainous. They would have this cool Egyptian origin with all this history. But as it is, they kind of just feel like a baddie punchline. Yeah. Um. Uh. But moving past the moving past the followers of Set, we're gonna go to maybe my favorite on the board here. Overall, going through the the decades, clan. Nosferatu, Nosferatu, who 
Um, ha- do what is do they do what it says on the tin, where Clan Nosferatu yeah. are um, depicted as all having some version of your classic 1920s Nosferatu kind of bald radish. Pointy, uh, pointy-eared, yeah. grotesque-featured, pale, um, vermin man with cl- with claws more than fingers. Yeah, and their 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 hideousness and the bizarre visage is part of their um, bloodline and character, and they have powers of extreme magic and to be able to hide in the shadows and um and uh, and therefore they are some of the greatest uh spies and secret keepers of the yeah. vampiric world did, did i just did i get most of that yeah does that feel right yeah that's all pretty pretty good yeah the the thing about them was mostly that um their appearance score was always zero and which doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how the I don't know how the dots work anymore in the new game where they tried no to like idea, wo- yeah. if they if they've wokeified the dots. But I, <laughs> in, in the old in the olden days, you your you had three scores in three different I don't remember what it is, but branches or departments. Three different so categories. You had three different. Team. You'd had three different charisma-related scores. You had wits, which is your ability to be charming at speed no, with the it was language. Manipulation, right? charisma, and appearance. Manipulation, charisma, and appearance. Yeah. And so, um, and 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 breaking those down individually, it, it kind of both makes uh, an incredible amount of sense and zero yeah. amount of sense. I don't know. It's like everything in White Wolf. You're like, this totally makes sense until it doesn't. And you're like, fuck this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a granularity to it where having three ability scores as opposed to, say, Dungeons & Dragons that has six, where, you know, um, the urge to be able to trifurcate appearance versus charisma versus manipulation feels like a very real thing. Cause you definitely in life yeah. know people that are gorgeous idiots yeah. who have no ability to manipulate anybody. And you also yeah. know, um, hideous manipulators who yeah. are ability to, who have the ability to control situations despite I, their actually, complete lack of appeal. White Wolf nailed the, the social attribute dynamic perfectly. Yeah, and, and, it, and, and it is a and, balance between charisma, manipulation, and appearance. It always is. <laughs> and and very few people and very people very few people max all of those out. Yeah. Um and yeah. they can be yeah. they can be they can be totally separate, although I would say that in a way charisma and manipula- and manipulation are kind of actually married to a certain extent. You know what I mean? That nah, that like I don't I, I, I don't I, think so. I don't <laughs> I mean, I think that they are disambiguated, but I like I think they're separate categories. However, how do I want to say? I think that if one is really good, the other one's going to be a little bit better. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, um, kind of. I, I, I don't. The likelihood of you being a five out of five charisma and a one manipulation, I I don't if, know. If That's, you I could if really you were going that. to manipulate somebody, it seems very. Lo- Unlikely. Okay. Well, there's a there's a lot of really good dudes that I love that I just won't do anything for because it's not worth it. Um, there's also a lot of people that I hate that I would do anything for because they could talk me into it. 
<laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah. lessons from White Wolf Gaming and Gavin's life. Yeah. Uh, well, moving past maybe my favorite is probably Gavin's favorite, Clan Ravnos. Yeah. Oh, and I should I should backtrack and say I'm going to rate the Nosferatu's at a at a one offensiveness because yeah, they're they're uh, like other offending than their vampires. vague relationship to <laughs> like you know Central and Eastern Europe. There's just nothing. The fact that some people be uggos is not is just you know what are you going to yeah. do? The well, the thing they're offending is vampires. Yeah, so nothing from them. Clan Ravnos, on the other yeah. hand, they're going to register on the offensiveness score. Absolutely. But Gavin, let me give you the opportunity to describe what the fuck is up with Clan Ravnos. Clan Ravnos was the Romney, or Gypsy Peoples, the um, <laughs> yeah. ever-wandering nomadic vampires that came from the Romney uh, peoples of Eastern and Northern Europe whose vampire, uh, whose turning into a vampire made them, uh, outcasts in their own mortal families. Um, yeah. And, uh, like master gypsy, like a, a Ravnos in this game would be in charge of their own gypsy clan because they'd have to be because no human gypsy would have them around. It's it's a curse, it's yeah. darkness, and it's bad. And and the, yeah. they're like one of the only vampires to like respect their human family enough to to like abide by certain laws and everything like that. Yeah. They were also the thieves and the liars, um, more so than other vampires who were like professional thieves and liars, the Ravnos were worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of their whole deal. Yeah. So let me contextualize real quick that um, for those of us, because I know we have a we have a lot of listeners outside of the U.S. Let me let me contextualize real quick that within the within the U.S. because we have such an incredibly small population of the like Romani people yeah. and like of of traveler culture that comes from that reality that the use of the word gypsy is still pretty standardized in like North America. Yeah. So if we, if if you're listening from Ireland or the UK or fucking Ukraine or somewhere and you're like they don't use that word here no more. I'm like we're not trying to fuck anybody up. It is just still in standard nomenclature here in the US. So the 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 traveler Romani people of, you know, Eastern and Central Europe, we're talking about them yeah. and we're not trying to dog there on them at all. <laughs> There are a lot of Irish gypsies in America, though. Yeah, there are yeah. Irish. There are certainly uh, there are certainly Irish type travelers, and there's just like general like backpack bum travelers. But oh, they yeah. tend to not there's have. Also, I used to be one for 15 years. Like I was an actual. Like I did grow up to become my vampire character, which was weird. Like, yeah, but without what all without all the like sex penis yeah um, orgies and without, stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> well. <laughs> but but what if I told you without um, all the blood drinking? <laughs> yeah, right. With mo without most of the blood drinking. With uh, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna rate the Ravnos. I I, 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 I like the clan, but I'm gonna rate them a 
I'm going to put him right there with the I'm going to put him right under the Malkavians. I'm going to give him a four on the offensiveness yeah. scale because really they're kind of turning, um, I would say, Nordic stereotypes about traveler people of a certain ethnicity into into a branch of this tree. And, um, you know, I think that I don't I think that the Ravnos are probably cool to play now, but. There, I there, don't know. It's, they, there's there's not a great look there, to it. There's a thing. There's a thing inside the game, like just unrelated to like how offensive anything is, but how ridiculous the game is. But there was yeah. a thing where like the Ravnos lie so much that nobody believes anything that they say. So like, why bother fucking lying? Or even, <laughs> yes, it's not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this dynamic that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there, which is common in in all of all dynamics of vampire, which yeah. is like, well, th- th- like this clan is completely untrustworthy. This com- this clan yeah. is all insane. <laughs> this clan is constantly, irrevocably, irrevocably violent. I'm like, yeah. well, this doesn't seem like a system that works in the slightest at all. Yeah. Like, uh, like, holy criminy! How do you guys get anything done? I'm like, well, oh yeah, they don't. Do a, if you've ever done a LARP, they don't. So yeah. don't don't worry about it. These people cannot, <laughs> you think like with all these vampires who live for hundreds of years with all this like wealth and power, how are they not in charge of all levels of all government? You're like, well, because they just fucking, just like fucking spit on each other's dicks all day and argue about which nail polish is glossier and in black. Like, um, but now you're getting some of the juice from the second episode. I'm trying to hold it back. Try, try to, try to keep the juice back. So, yes. um, after the Toreador, we're on the, we're, on, we're, we're closing up here. We only got a couple more left, friends. Um, we've got one of my, um, original favorite clans, T for Toreador. Yeah. Um, and the Toreador, uh, it says here, canites that enjoy every sensual pleasure the world has to offer. Yeah. Idealizing physical beauty and adoration of their thralls. These are essentially your um, artistic dilettante jackweeds. Yeah. You know, the the ones that are wearing very little clothing, but the, it all is very expensive and they're drinking what looks like wine, but it turns yeah, out to be the most wine. fabulous vintage of um, <laughs> blood. Um, and uh, making uh, paintings and sculptures out of uh, blood and the the discarded waste of their uh, vampiric prey and you know, yeah. all these incredibly um, whimsical, grotesque, artistic abominations that really make you uh, gurgle up your cab salve. I thought that the Toreador were really appealing for a while, but I realized that's just because like I was a hedonist. And it didn't have anything to do with art. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, it completely, it, it it absolutely and completely makes sense to have a uh, an Epicurean or a hedonist clan of vampires within this framework. Yeah, um, I I think the Toreador are fine. Yeah. I I was big into it for a while uh, because it, it was you know when when you're a teenager or a tweenager and you get into to TTRPGs. There are so many times when you're always making some version of yourself, but it's I think when you get more mature in making characters, you move farther and farther away from the desire to consistently make a version of yourself. And and for me, the the artist um, clan was was a way to um, explore 
those ideas of like, what if you explode these, you know, these, these stereotypes or procedures of being artistic and why do you do it? And what is the point? Yeah. Um, but now I, I, now I think they're fine. I think they're, they're good. It's, it's fun. Yeah. The, uh, the, for the most part, I think that the Toreador would, uh, upset rich people. Yeah, they're because not offensive they're always, to anybody. Also they're also seen as like vapid and stupid and claiming to get the point when they don't. <laughs> yeah, they're offensive to twats, therefore they're not Yeah, offensive. they're offensive to twats. Um we'll get if you're if you're a twat and you're offended, feel free to email us at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. <laughs> moving on from Toreador, we're going to cl- uh, the ne- the the second in three T's clan Tremere. Um, Tremere are basically, um, the big bad boss class. They are the, they're the, um, kind of the political elite of the vampires. They wear a lot of suits They have a lot of money. They're good at magic. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. That's, that's really all you need. They're the only vampires that do magic magic and not like blood powers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 conflating here a little bit, which is which is two clans that I never really had much interest in: the Tremere and the Venture. The Tremere are specifically the sorcerers. Yeah, Um, they're 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 they're, if the Gangrel are one step into being werewolfy, the Tremere are one step into being mages. You uh, even though you did that, you still got it right because the Venture and the Tremere were so similar that it was. Like on in how they were supposed to be role played, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they're both at the top of um, running things politically. And God, yeah. can you see? Can you already hear how fucking insufferable this is to anybody who ever didn't give a shit about it? <laughs> God, I'm like, I'm my asshole is becoming numb just in thirty seconds of hearing about the fucking Tremere. I need, I, I need to. To just tr- drink yeah. like ten gallons of Cairo syrup to just like it, enema all of these thoughts out my out both ends. I know in this in this pointless saturated with shit game, uh, the the Tremere were the most pointless saturated with shit option to play, <laughs> and it and it made me it it really did make me not write them into any games because I didn't see the point. The same thing with the followers of said it's like what's the point? They're Egyptian. What's the point? They're magic? They're all magic. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking undead. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, ease on down the road to um, <laughs> this is OK. And I'm going to say the tr- the Tremere don't um, they don't offend anybody. They There's don't offend anybody analysis. except for people trying to role play a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am offended a little bit. In retrospect. All right, let's go to the Zemesh, which I want to spell because it's so fucking confusing. The Zemesh are spelled T-Z-I-M-I-S-H-E. They're spelled T-Zemiski. But the Zemesh are uh, eldritch old world lords who have little in common with the mortal mortal world and can manipulate flesh and bone at a whim. They're like Ed Dean Draculas. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's kind of they have they have they're they're um they're kind of they're very much associated with uh the land of the dead in the sense that like, you know, if there are c- c- connections to C- Cthulhu, if yeah. there are connections to a darker 
afterlife that has yeah. evil ominous powers. Well, ironically, they use all of that to basically like smush people's bodies around into weird shapes. Yeah, and like you, you know that scene in the Terminator Two where the yeah. the fat ginger security <laughs> guard turns yeah. around with his coffee and he's like, "Must be my lucky day." And then the T one thousand as him just like grabs him and yeah. it's just just like well. Like, uh, the, the ability to manipulate one thing into another, that whole thing is like, uh, that's what the Zemesh do. They're able to, yeah. like, it's basically they can do everything from the, uh, the um, B horror movie society, but, like, yeah. as a hobby. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were a really good, well-written clan that had a gimmick that destroyed it because their gimmick pretty much just made them abominable bad guys that that made very specific role players cheese their pants. <laughs> <laughs> what if you had the an ability to you Melt to like people and reshape to like yeah. rub your foreskin on other people and that would cause their flesh to melt into different shapes. <laughs> like okay, and like but also the compulsion to do it all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um but why though? And uh, yeah. and there you got the Zamesh. But I think I think if you I think if you could somehow minimize their weird fucked up dick sculpting power, like the Zamesh, yeah, flavor wise <laughs> are like really cool. I, they are. They were always, really cool. I, I they always were found them to Draculas. be one of the most the one of the most compelling um, f- clans because they had a few flavors mixed in. It wasn't it wasn't just like. Bam! This it wasn't this yeah. one stereotypical trait that was inflated to maximum force. It was yeah. it was a mixture of odd things that was more satisfying. Yeah, they they were the ones that had to sleep in the dirt of their own of their birthplace, right? As like the vampires of old, yeah. which is one of their clan weaknesses. So I'm gonna give the Zemesh only a one on the offensiveness scale. Only one on the offensiveness scale because yeah, they're only offen- they're only offensive to David Cronenberg. Yeah, they're only offensive to people that want to like run a good game without any dick dick smear <laughs> dick sculpting powers. <laughs> right. And lastly, but not leastly, is uh, Clan Ventru, who were yeah. more of what I said in Tremere, where they're literally just the political elite. Of all of the of the vampire clans who are all about running things and wearing um, suits with big shoulder pads and having Gucci shoes and yeah. telling other people what to do. I always wrote them off uh, when I was a teenager constantly. I didn't really want anything to do with them because they were the the preps in charge. They were like the authority. Um, corporate popular guys who get to run everything and don't have jack shit to back it up with. And like, I always thought that sucked really bad and I hated them. And like, uh, like I, I felt that way personally in a way that was supposed to be like how a character would feel. But like, I felt that way. So, so passionately that I never put Ventru in the game (laughs) And and they weren't really interesting until I like revisited it. Like, um, in like 2012, I started to look at Vampire again, and like I read into the Ventru, and they they had a bunch of really interesting like corporate thi- like how the vampires manipulate the corporate world in the American government, and like the Ventru do all of it, 
Like, none of these yeah. other clans do anything with modern civilization at all. And the Ventru are the guys in charge of that. And I thought that was, like, a hefty responsibility and pretty interesting. Yeah, but, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's, in, it's a funny mix because I also didn't find them appealing because in, in a way, it's kind of like the Toreador where their gimmick is a human gimmick and not an undead gimmick. Yeah. Where, you know what I mean? Like we, we are the vampire version of a human thing. We're the yeah. politicians and they're the artists. Yeah. And, and most of the other clans are about something that's vampire related it's or fantasy really related. Vampire, that, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that human beings can't just do that thing. Yeah. But in the cases of politicians and and business people and and dilettantes and artists, humans just already be that thing. And yeah. um and in every case where that is an option, it's easy to just be like, well, it's the vampire it's the vampire version of that and that's boring. Yeah. Um so I I, I never really had much for the venture because, you know, they they kind of seemed like the the CEOs of Vampire, which is like, how is that? I'm here to see hot chicks wearing nothing <laughs> rip the lungs out of some jackass in the bottom of a basement in the middle of a blood ritual. I'm not here yeah. to argue with a CEO. I can argue with a CEO in my real mundane, goddamn normal ass fucking human life. What yeah. I can, what I cannot see is a blood orgy go bad when a mage with an enchanted chainsaw comes in and rips everybody asunder. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking here for. Yeah. Um, right. If you want to grab somebody by the face, Wilford Brimley at the end of the thing style, and yeah. jiggle their jowls and turn them into a different person, what you need is some vicissitude. Vicissitude was, yeah, the the Zemesh unique thing that allowed you to use your hands and, um, I guess, touching them in any way to, like, sculpt people's flesh. Which was the, impl- the implications are nightmarish. It's there's there's very there's very there's m- very much a um, jo- Johnny mnemonic in the the scenes with um, uh, Briscoe County. What the fuck is his name? <laughs> Isn't that? Tr- oh, no, I'm thinking I'm conflating two n- mid 1990s dystopian cyberpunk films. I just conflated uh, Escape from L.A. and Johnny Mnemonic into one thing. Yeah. No, vicissitude was this. I don't think it was well thought out because all of these, all no. of the, all of the disciplines Shut were up. like well, t- were like well tuned for you not to just kill everything with your power, except for like vicissitude, which the first level of it let you kill shit with your power. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, there's not like. There's also not like a practical in-game function of the power. Yeah. It's really a it's fucking around weird. power. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, well, now I'm going to go over here and do some weird ass shit that's going to upset everybody else in the game. I'm like, yeah. uh, okay, cool. Good thing you have tons <laughs> of points in that. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Just to just fucking <laughs> yeah. 
go over in the corner and crank out a bunch of corpse monstrosities for the next three years. We know why you play this game. Also an extra useless one that, like, made sense to have since they're ageless, but, like, nobody ever wanted it, and it was animalism, which let you, like, control animals so that they they didn't freak out around you being a vampire and such. Like, uh, yeah, so useful, and, yeah. which is not to be confused with Protean, which was the power yeah. to transform into animals and other shit. Yeah. If you're like, man, you know what? Every time I watch a vampire movie, I want to know exactly how that works. Well, don't worry. There is dozens and dozens of books about it and plenty yeah. of math and paragraphs and paragraphs of Swedish people and people from Seattle, the Swedes of America. Yeah. Who will <laughs> happily explain <laughs> In in in, in mind numbing detail, exactly what d tens you should roll in order to enact it in this um, fictional universe. The of, of the from the amount of shit that I give this game, I will honestly say that I thought the discipline system was well thought out. Like I thought it was well done, except for like vicissitude, but. <laughs> the discipline system actually, more than anything else, makes the yeah. game fucking make sense. Yeah. Where, where um, having a logically mathematical... Here, here's what I will give the, the Nordic people's credit, um, th- is that they're good at designing a fucking system. You know what I yeah. mean? I Like, White Wolf is kind of... Um, what is that car brand? Volvo. Yeah. White Wolf is kind of the Volvo of... Role-playing game yeah. systems. Am I wrong? It's like yeah, it's, it, it, it's it is it is it is very user-friendly. It's vi- it's gorgeously designed. It has yeah. an innate, intuitive build where yeah. anybody can sit down to it and go like, oh, nine abilities. Everything goes from a one to five. One sucks. Five is fantastic. Yeah, and there is a palette of options that is. Um, it is wide enough to encompass everything my character might do, but yeah. also not overwhelming in the volume of it. Yeah. And my my character's goals and needs are also built into the character sheet. And it fucking makes sense. Volvo. Boxy, but good. Are you crazy? The spine and the bones of the game mechanically yeah. is v- excellent. Yeah, White and Wolf that's, system is, is almost unbeatable. Like, I would use it for almost anything. And if you are a, you know, um, an Eric Draven the Crow mid-90s edgelord, the yeah. flavor is fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and, and given, given, those com- given those combinations, it can be a, a, a very seductive set of games to play yeah. However, in part two, I can say with confidence because we've already recorded it, we're gonna we're gonna really knock on some of the weaknesses of Vampire and <laughs> and the White Wolf system at large, yeah. but also swing the pendulum back to talk about actually how um, profound of an experience it can actually be as a player, particularly for younger players or players that are that are. Um, trying to explore some of the themes that are involved in the game. Yeah, so it was life changing. It it really put a spin on things that I needed at sixteen, and it was um, uh, it was ki- kind of a foundation for a lot of philosophies that I had that have have been beneficial. Like 
Um, I don't run around like stalking people from rooftops or anything, but I do consider options a lot more. Like before I played vampire, it was either kick ass or do nothing like kick ass or, or lounge around. And like, those were your two options, but like vampire gave me uh, a different viewpoint on role-playing and life so that there's like different options that you can take at any given time for any given thing that could um, possibly result in uh, feeling better about something or um, attaining a goal or like um, if you want to continue to do nothing, then the option to do nothing requires like some planning. <laughs> like, yeah. You could, you could choose to do nothing in a way that has, uh, yeah. has value. Yeah. I, 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 there, we're going to get, we're going to, I don't want to beat this horse too much because we're going to rebeat it in the second episode, but the, <laughs> the, but there, there is something to the bizarre, there is something to what seems like a, um, a, a voluminous series of options in choosing all of these uh, clans and powers and, and aspects to your character. And particularly for, for the business of being an adolescent, which is to decide what is you and what is not you, what you, uh, which of your skills, attributes, personality traits that you would like to lean into in order to be uh, a dynamic, interesting, effective, effective person and how you want to live in the world yeah. that like role playing altogether is good because it makes you go through the business of consciously saying like, do I care about being strong or smart or charming or manipulative? Yeah. And, and what is, what are the implications of that? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let's, I, I want to get off of that because, because I rant about it more in the, in the, in the second episode, but, um, th there's, there's a lot to it there. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader, until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating vampiric nightmares. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that really does help, or the maximum review possibility on whatever format you listen to us on, just, just go ahead and do that. Um, you can find me, Gavin Longshanks, on Twitch and YouTube. I'm going to start 2023 with a roar, with a big robot roar. So look for me if you want. <laughs> there is an article I read on, I think it was Polygon or something last week, about how massive Battletech is right now. Yes. That, like, it is, it, it is, it is still growing. The, the, yes. the market share that Battletech has is, like, I had did not realize that it was it's I don't know who the fuck other than you that's playing it, but there's a lot of them out there. Yes. I don't know where they live, Nebraska or something. <laughs> yeah. um, share an episode on your favorite social media, please, and hit up our Instagram for images that go along with each episode. Yeah. Comment on the Instagram. Engage the Instagram. Email us suggestions for monsters. Email us stories. Email us anything. The email that you can reach us at is oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. 
And if you want to toss a coin into the Potion Fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters, or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been the Vampire Prince of Morgantown, Gavin Longshanks. Two pinky rings. Two Celtic pinky rings. Two die katanas. Two die katanas. Two ninja toes. This has been <laughs> Oops All Oops in All jokes. Monsters. Oops All In Jokes from the Vampire Era of the 90s. So it much. Was a 90s douchey, it was a douchey guy that we used to hang out with. It, it douchey, certainly it? was. Two decorative katanas. Alright. Oh, close it up. I'd say that's nine inch nailed.